Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Live from glory holes all over Illinois. <laughs> this is Cognitive Distance. Every I like that episode. Beginning. We blast anyone who gets <laughs> like in our way. <laughs> you know what, Cecil? At this point, we're like a traveling glory hole road show. Why <laughs> the guy just... who's looking at it with a magnifying glass? <laughs> you know. This is actually a pretty nice glory hole. You kept it in good repair. <laughs> you still can't get anything for it because it's a glory hole, but, but it's in still, nice repair. It's still, still a nice repair. Yeah. You did it. I'm just a saying. weird thing to bring back from you from with the, from the war. I just want to say that out loud. It's a weird memento to As bring back, but souvenirs yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> some people collect spoons maybe, from the places they go. Maybe thimbles next time. Holes. I mean, taking the whole glory hole is <laughs> yeah, just a little weird. Little license plates with your name on it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I went on vacation. All I got was this lousy glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence. To any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no civility in the debates. This is episode <laughs> 543, and it is the Yelly Old Man Show. It sure I'm going to interrupt is, you, man. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt can I just say, like, <laughs> now without me like, interrupting you, <laughs> how how fucking cringe fest was that entire fucking Fuck. thing to watch the president constantly interrupt, never allow Biden to speak, and yeah. just while he's talking, just keep trying to trip him up and keep trying to interrupt him, never let him make a point. You know, it's like it's like screaming over someone. You know, there's 200,000 companies like, ah, ah, the whole time. <laughs> he won't let him say it out loud. It's so embarrassing. It's can, so embarrassing. Can you imagine how this guy must be to golf with? You're like setting up to the tee <laughs> and you've been like crushing him all day and he's just like, <laughs> like right as you're about to swing. The, the whole thing was just an obvious ploy or an obvious strategy to fluster Joe Biden, right? Like if, if he yeah. can get a Who's guy- Who's a stutterer? He's a yeah. stutterer. And, that, yeah. exa and that's exactly it, right? So if you get a guy who stutters and you don't give him an opportunity to speak um, with, with like intentionality, you're more likely to get him to flub in one of two ways. Either he's going to stutter or- and I was reading an article about this, like people who stutter, like they, they have a tendency to make more verbal gaffes because they have to speak very intentionally. If they are coming up on a word that they know is a difficult word, they'll pivot in the moment and choose a different word. And so that creates more, it's not that they don't know what they're trying to say. It's not that they're trying to say something unintelligible. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a, 
uh, it's a mechanism to avoid the stutter, right? I so, find myself doing that. I do yeah. that myself. So yeah, <laughs> I do that. I, it's so funny, Cecil. When I was in college, um, and, and even as a, as a writing major, right? So um, I would occasionally like I'd write a sentence and I'd be like, I don't know exactly how to phrase this or punctuate this or if this is exactly the right word choice. And instead of figuring out the answer to that, I would back out the whole sentence and just write something entirely different. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'll just say something else. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, even going to go down. Yeah, nope. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. So it, it was obviously, it was a clear intent to do a couple of things. It was one to, to mm -hmm. capitalize really on somebody's disability. Sure. That's 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 really the the first very clear aim of behaving like that, right? And the other thing is like, if he can just domineer and dominate him, then he can create a narrative of strength. He can create a narrative yep. that like, he's a yep. strong candidate and, you know, Joe Biden is a weak candidate who couldn't get a word in edgewise. And it's not my fault. I don't know why the Dems are putting up these, you know, puny little weaklings, you know, it, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and his base loved it. His base, I looked the next day, his base loved it. He, he retweeted somebody who said, you look so strong on the stage, Mr. President. Uh, you dominated that debate. They love that shit. They love it. And so he did exactly what his base wanted him to do. Which I think strategically was a terrible mistake. It's a bad Be idea. Yeah, because, you know, the, the, first of all, and we've talked about this before, but the debates don't move, the debates don't move people. Like uh, the studies show that like the debates are not a driving force. They don't change the polling numbers. They don't change the outcomes of the elections. Lots of people win the debates and lose the election. That's, that. I mean, it happened in 2016. I mean, Hillary, by all measures, won those debates and lost the election. So winning the debates doesn't mean anything in terms of like whether or not you're going to get the turnout. Yeah, right. Tom, I go back to your previous point. There's literally no way George W. Bush could win a uh, debate. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. and he won two elections, yeah. but there's no way I, I don't remember those debates, but I guarantee he didn't win them. <laughs> well, I'm just a simple cowboy. Exactly. from like yeah, he's uh, Right? Like, he's a fucking talking horse, that guy. <laughs> but, you know, like, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, the W debates, and I do remember them a little bit. Like, the W debates, they were fucking civil, man. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I like one guy would talk and he would lay out his vision and then maybe criticize his opponent a little bit. And then the other guy would talk and criticize his opponent and, and recover from the criticism he just enacted. And, but they would do this crazy thing where they would take turns and then they would like attempt to elucidate for the American people, their vision for America as leaders or potential leaders of the free fucking world. That was like a thing we used to do. And now two old men scream at each other in front of yeah. Chris Wallace, who tries yeah. not to cry. That's yeah. like, that is yeah. America in 20. Yeah. We could not have had a more wonderfully 2020 debate, though. I don't want it to be different because it would just feel out of place in this it timeline. Would. It would. You know, I will say this. The biggest takeaway from the debate needs to be that he couldn't denounce white white supremacy. Oh, that is the biggest yeah. takeaway from the debate. A hundred, there's no other, in my opinion, there's no other real takeaway than the fact that he turned to the Proud Boys and said, stand back and stand by. Yeah. He did not say stand down, by the way, right. which even, even that would be problematic at best. Yeah, at its very best interpretation of stand down right. is problematic, right? But to say stand back 
and stand by is a terrifying, that's not a slip of the tongue either. No, it's no, not, no. it's not a fucking, you know, I know that everybody's going to, everybody's, everybody's trying to play it up as at least everybody on the left is like, oh, I don't know what he meant, you know, whatever. It's real easy just to say, I denounce white supremacy. It's yeah. super easy to say that out loud. It's, it's a fucking idea that you could, that's super easy to denounce and he wouldn't do it. And so yeah. that to me is a huge problem and should be exploited constantly from now until forever. No one should ever yeah. forget about it. And if, if you were a person of color watching that, you probably just said, see, I told you, I fucking told you all along. I told all you motherfuckers all along and no one would listen. Absolutely. You know, when you say to to a group like the Proud Boys, stand by and stand down, or, or, or stand, no, they didn't say, yeah, stand by and stand back, stand by and stand back. You're what one of the things you're de facto acknowledging is I have control over this organization, yeah, right? Because I, I am looked to by that organization as a leader, which is why the Proud Boys celebrated. By the way, yeah, they like made the, a shirt. like they they openly celebrated, and, and it's yeah. not the first time that white supremacists have openly celebrated. When Trump has said evil, awful, fucking dog yep. whistly bullshit. Yep. And uh, like the the clan has openly celebrated. Like you can't, but the, the thing is like he can't denounce them because they're big chunk of his base. Trump is backed into a terrible corner, I think. And I think the corner that he's backed into is that he's spent such a long time really playing to a increasingly narrow base of people, right? So in 2016, I think, he got some benefit of the doubt from the Rust Belt white Americans that he was going to, yeah, maybe I don't like this thing about him or that thing about him. But, you know, if he's going to shake stuff up and if he's going to bring manufacturing jobs back or he's going to bring coal jobs back, you know, to Virginia, if he's going to do these things, I want that because the economic recovery didn't make its way to the Rust Belt and to the Midwestern states right. and to, you know, parts of America. And that's, I think that's the reason that he won. I mean, that's that's what all the analysis after the fact yeah, really mean, indicated. And and he came in he came in as an outsider. To 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 bolster your point, he played the outsider thing up right. constantly. Well, right. he can't do that anymore. Yeah, you can't be the outsider after four years running the country. That just the doesn't make sense. The president is not an outsider. The right. president that's, is not an outsider. That's absurd. Right. Yeah. And I think like now, what's happened is that he's spent he spent three and a half years cultivating a base of exclusively white, exclusively or almost exclusively racist, almost exclusively um, lower to lower middle class. Like he's, his, his demographic keeps cutting his pie is my point. He keeps cutting his pie and cutting his pie and cutting his pie. And he doesn't have enough people left. He can't, on the one, he's fucked. On the one hand, he can't denounce white supremacy because he needs the white supremacists. He needs the racists. He needs to be able to say, look, he needs that dog whistle of like, you need to protect white suburban America from yeah. the blacks, right? Which As is what he, he calls said them, out loud. The blacks, right. Yeah. He needs that. So he can't shit on racists. Racists yeah. are a big chunk of his base. But the yeah. problem is like, it's not going to be enough. Like yeah. the, like I really, I, I, I know I was wrong before and I could possibly be wrong and I'm not as confident as I was, but like, man, the numbers are so strong. The numbers yeah. are so strong. And after the debate, people were appalled by his action. I know his yeah. base loved it, but they would love anything. Like he yeah. could, he could, he could fucking rape somebody in the middle of the fucking street. And they'd be like, look how strong he was. Look how great. Cause he's fucking awful, but he's only like appealing to terrible people. 
Well, and, and, you know, he also, throughout the entire debate, kept throwing, and he's done this for three years, kept throwing the left basically under the bus. The radical left, the radical left, the radical left, the radical left. He called Biden the radical left, guys. I, I love that. Biden is the radical left. If Biden is the radical left, my dad was fucking Che Guevara. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Are you serious? That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life, but he's screaming it. And Biden's a admitted centrist. Like he's not somebody who's bringing in far left policies. He's on stage saying, no, my policy is different than this one. My policy is different than the Green New Deal. My policies, he's saying it out loud and he can't, he can't let it go. So he's alienating the, he's alienating Democrats too. He's alienating a ton of Democrats. And the, these are some people that he might've played to before right. when he was running against Hillary and he's not able to play to them anymore. Like you said, he keeps cutting the pie smaller and smaller and smaller and only appealing to a very select group of people. Now this select group of people is a scary group of people because For they're sure. a cult, because they're armed and because they're active, right? Those three things make them very, very scary. And, you know, him saying he wants poll watchers and during the debate, he tweeted out this poll watch thing to sign up for like a Trump army to go out and watch polls. That's scary That's, as shit, that, man. That, how is that even, that cannot be legal. He's also backed himself into a corner with how he performed in this last debate. I don't think you can go to a, a he can go to a debate and not do what he did this time. I don't think so if either. He doesn't try to interrupt and doesn't try to be yep. disruptive and doesn't try to show, you know, quote unquote dominance on the on the stage, he's going to be looked at from his base as weak and that's a bad place to be. So, you know, I know that there's going to be somebody up there out there who's going to lap his come up no matter where it's at, right? It doesn't right. matter what it lands on, yep. they're going to lap it up. But the fact is, is that there's going to be some people that are going to look at it and be turned off by it and say, oh gosh, he, he looks weak there. He looks really weak. And that may cause people not to vote for Biden, but to stay home. And that could be really bad for him. And the fact that he's going to, if, if he doesn't come in with guns blazing again and look like like a total asshole again to suburban moms who are the people you should be trying to fucking flip. It's going to go real bad for him two times in a row. And if I were Biden, I wouldn't agree to another one. I would say, go fuck yourself. Yep. I, the thing is like, he's trying to paint Biden with, like you said, with, with this um, brush of being this radical socialist. Nobody buys it. Nobody no. on the left buys it. Nobody, but nobody, none of the attacks that he, I actually think Biden to be, I mean, he's not my favorite policy candidate, but he is the perfect candidate to be running right now against Trump because he's yeah. like, I think, I think if you look at the other people that we had, you had, uh, you know, a, a socialist Jewish guy, there's a million things Trump could throw at that guy, right? There's a million fucking racists yeah. and anti-Semites and people who are afraid of the isms, you know, that are going to be afraid of Bernie. I, I mean, I think Bernie's policies are better for America. I don't, but I don't think he could win against Trump. I don't think America's ready for a woman. I wish we were, but we did a real bad job proving that to me in 2016. So, you know, I have my fucking doubts and I think Trump has the ability to attack people based on their minority status in a uniquely vile and uncivil way, which until we get out of this era of Trumpian politics, I don't think we have an option to be perfectly frank of really actually electing against Trump anyone other than a fucking white centrist. And the so I'm okay with it. I'm fine yeah, because all that matters is not having Trump for four more years. And then we can figure shit out. He's the only one who doesn't have to walk on a knife's edge. 
right? right. Everyone else yeah. was going to have to walk on a yep. knife's edge. The women especially were going to have to be on an absolute knife's edge, never show emotion, but also don't look too cold. There's all these fucking like impossible standards that yep. they make women live up to when they go to debates because if not, they're too shrill or they're too weak or they're too, you know, they didn't have yep. their makeup on right or what, you know, it's all, the, there's a million things that you can attack a woman for after the debate. Whereas most guys, that shit rolls off their back like a duck. But 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 even most of the dudes were going to have a harder time. Yeah. I think also Buttigieg would have done a really good job against him and Buttigieg was a centrist, right? So I think, you know, he probably would be my second choice in this particular area, except for he didn't have any real experience. So you're right. I think Biden is the absolute real person to take on this 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 role even though he was he was like my second to last choice in the yep. in the primaries yeah, He's it's, the second to last. Yeah, I, I voted for Biden in the primary after Super Tuesday. Didn't go burn. I was like, okay, that's, to me, it's like, it's a strat. It's always a strategy thing against Trump. Like Trump is the, Trump is the problem. Trump is ruining, like I, he is literally ruining America. He is breaking our democracy. Four more years of Trump could upend American democracy in ways that are yeah. difficult for us to come back from. What matters isn't getting Medicare for all now. I mean, it matters. Don't get me wrong. I desperately want that to happen for America, but nothing good, nothing good. And only bad things will happen if we cannot get rid of Trump. And yeah. like outside of the debates, just from a purely electability standpoint, I do think Biden is the only one that Trump could not seize upon some element of minority and attack that element of minority in a way that would polarize and galvanize the right and galvanize some people who were, you know, like, I mean, you got, you got Kamala Harris is a black woman. That's, that's troublesome in America. I mean, if we've learned anything from this year, it's like America's got a fucking race problem, a bad, bad fucking race problem. Cory Booker would face a similar difficulty, although half of it because he's a black man instead of a black woman. I think he'd be a yeah. great president. I think Kamala Harris would be a great president, but I think Trump could mobilize people against him because of his color. I think Pete Buttigieg being a gay man would be yep. easy for Trump to mobilize yeah. people against him because of it. I think you've got Elizabeth Warren as a woman. Again, problematic because America's shitty. You kind of need right now, you kind of need a moment where we're like, we reset back to a place where we're civil again, where we can stand up and have a disagreement, where we don't scream over each other where we don't talk about like, yeah, just fucking break the entire election process in yeah. order to wedge it from my own personal gain. Like this shit is unprecedented. And I think yeah. we do have to treat it in a way that's like, yeah, all that matters is winning. The only thing that makes any difference right now is winning. And I thought Biden did a better than I expected job of taking him on head to head. I agree. I think so too. I think he did a better than expected job. Although I will say this, I, I pretty much expected what was going to happen, although I didn't expect it to the level that it was going to happen. I thought for sure he was going to interrupt and I thought he was going to do it a lot, but I did not think that Trump was going to do it as much as he did. I was very shocked at how he would not let up at some points. I mean, it was it was one of those like, sit on your own side of the car screaming fight with right. a child yes. at a certain point. It was an embarrassment, <laughs> yeah. like a genuine cringy embarrassment to watch him constantly never let him get a word in edgewise. And it proves that Trump doesn't have anything to say because, you know, if you're good at debate and you know you you know your subject and you know you're right, 
you let the other person say something wrong so you can hammer it, right? Yep. He wasn't even letting him say anything. And so, and, and you know, all the points that Trump makes are so vapid and lame. One of the things he keeps saying over and over again about COVID, where he keeps talking about, you know, I was the first one to close the country down. And, and you know, like, yeah, that's because it's your job to close the country down. That's that's dumb. But then also when we look at why we have a lot of COVID cases, it's certainly not because we closed the country down and saved ourselves from a massive influx of COVID cases from other countries. You know, yeah, maybe closing down the borders at a certain point is smart, but we have ourselves to blame when you look at us versus the rest of the world on why we're not good at it, right? Yep. Why, we're no, why, we're, why we're dying from it, why there's more cases here than anywhere else in the world. Like why that is, and that's that's because we are bad at it, not because yep. we somehow have open borders or closed borders or whatever. Well, and also like nobody gives a shit what you did in February or March. Like yeah, he keeps harping back on like the the handful of of initiatives that he really took happened at the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. So he closed February. the border yeah. with with uh, China and he closed the border with Europe, and then after that he can't name a single fucking thing that he's done. Yeah. And that becomes increasingly apparent, right? And and you just push on it. Like, yeah, well, why do we have, you know, 700,000 active cases and and 200,000 dead people? Like that's like like you didn't work. Like you have to do something other than just that. Like he talks about like how he closed the country. He didn't close the country. He like he didn't shut down. The states all had their own independently yeah, laid out everybody plans. Everybody did their own thing. Yeah. He can't name anything that he did that has a timeline after April or May, right? Because he talks about like, oh, I built some ventilators and I got PPE out. That is, that's great. The federal government should, in an emergency, mobilize its vast resources in order to produce equipment for, for people and distribute it. That I think is a, that is a minimum job requirement. It's sort of like, yeah, I showed up at nine. Well, your fucking shift yeah. starts at nine. Yeah, like, so what you do you, be here. you want me to suck your dick because you showed up to work on time? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. It's like, it'd be like if you said like, oh my God, like we had this terrible thing happen and like, it's going to be all hands on deck and it's going to be this really awful day at work. You're like, cool, I'll be there on time. Yeah. And you're like, hey, you're not even going to show up early and fucking help out. He's, yeah. he's naming minimum expectation shit yeah, that he hasn't done fuck all with for six months yeah. and being like, aren't I fucking amazing? Right. Everybody should fucking love me. Well, and the other thing that he's that he's constantly doing every single moment that COVID comes up is he turns to Biden and says, you'd have lost more people. The more people would have died. And you're just like, that's the dumbest, like your rubber, yeah. I'm glue bullshit. I've, or, or uh, whatever, however that goes. Yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue, <laughs> not the other way around. But, uh, but it's such, stu it's such a stupid, childish tactic to be like, well, you'd have lost more people because you're a big farty face. And you're just like, get the fuck out of here, Plus, man. It's like, you, you know, uh, you have no idea if that would have happened. He wasn't in charge. You're yeah. like, you're prognosticating what somebody else would have done in a position of authority that they do not hold and did not hold. Yeah, it's That's the lamest argument. Bonkers. We yeah, got to talk lame. about the trees. We got to talk about the forestry management shit. He did it again. He said the exact same. He said literally the exact yeah. same thing that there are forest cities of Endor across the, <laughs> across the ocean. And there's too and many that, leaves yeah. on the ground in there's the it, forest. Well, yeah. What? He is and confused about the trees. Yeah. He is confused about the difference between forestry and landscaping. Like his whole life, somebody has come along and fucking raked up the leaves yep. Yep. and like trimmed down the old tree, you know, in front of the fucking estate that fell over. And like, he thinks that's how this stuff works. Like he has no idea that like forests are 
hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of square miles of wilderness. Do you think you're going to have like, well, we're going to send a bunch of people into fucking Yosemite with fucking rakes and shovels. And like, okay, guys, if you see any fallen trees, pick them up. Like, what I love is that you, you have to start, about? Tom, you have to start at one side of Yosemite and then you have to keep raking, raking until you get to the other side of Yosemite. So it's a long way to go. Yeah. But if you can rake up a big pile of leaves like that, Snoopy will jump into those <laughs> leaves and they will fly into the air. So. Can you imagine how amazing jumping into that pile of leaves would be? Oh, gosh. Oh. You, you'd die because you just sucked down <laughs> to the bottom. The friction like would just start a, a giant well. leaf fire. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's just falling a grain well or whatever. You know, you're like fucking in a grain silo or something. Right? You're going to die inside of there. <laughs> Let's talk though, before we move on from Trump, because we have funny stories we want to get to. So I want I, I don't want to spend uh, like the whole hour talking about this. Yeah. Um, do you think that there was any points that Biden could have done better? Yeah. Um, I think he should have done more of what, what he did a little bit that he should have done more of is he should have done more talking directly to the people about the people. I think he did engage Trump directly with criticism of Trump a little more than he should have. He he really, uh, there were a couple of times that I thought were particularly powerful um, where he looked at the camera um, and he said, you know, he doesn't care about you. This is about you. This is about your future. He He really had a responsibility to lay out as much as he could given the circumstances, lay out his vision for the future. You know, the, like Biden, as as much as we bag on him for not being as far left as we are, he's got good ideas that the American people would respond to. Like if you look at his website, you look at like where he's at and what he wants to accomplish. Those are those are important for the people to know, yeah. you know, yeah. and had he had he spent a little more time you know, literally, if he just put his hand up and said, I'm going to tell the American people what they want to hear. And that's about what I'm going to do when I'm president. And it, and had, but I also think the debate wasn't structured that way. Yeah. He didn't have an opportunity to talk his platform, talk about his platform. I think when he talked about his sons, that was a fucking non-starter. Like when he talked about his sons, Hunter and Bo, like that just, I that was just a non like, as soon as he did that, I'm like, why are you fucking feeding the animal next to you? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you even- It was a huge full paw, huge full paw by Trump, though, by by bringing up Hunter after he was talking about Bo, though. Because oh, yeah. he's trying to hammer the fact that Trump called military people losers and suckers, and Trump wanted to go on and continue on to attack his son, Hunter, and yeah. kept doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Which is I, terrible for Trump. It's, it's it not is. great. Like you said, it's not great for for Biden, but it's certainly not good for Trump. I will say that I felt that Biden needed to be a little more forceful early on. I know he was trying to be presidential, but at a certain, and I, I liked the parts where he turned around and said, will you shut up? Just like I, because it's like at that point, like all bets are off anyway. You right. know what I mean? Like yep. he's just, he's just fucking, he's just, he's a noise machine at that point. He's a white noise generator. There's nothing you can say to that guy. He's doing the thing where he's pretending not to touch you as a little kid. Yeah. It's, it's so annoying and it's so childish. And just to be uh, to call him a clown, I thought it was perfect. Yep, I was like, I yeah, he's a fucking clown. Yep. He is an absolute clown. He's ridiculous. And to point that out is perfectly fine. And I saw him catch himself a couple times. And I think he just needs to say like, like I, I don't want him to turn into Trump, right? Don't get me wrong. I don't want him to turn into Trump and, and like 
because I really did like that he stopped and talked to the American people. I did like that he kept his cool and was able to uh, at least name a single policy that he had on like Trump who just would say the other guy would do worse than me and I don't have a plan. I know. Basically, it's what he said the I like whole that he fucking kept, hour. I will say I like that Biden kept saying he doesn't have a plan about this. Yeah. He doesn't have yep. a plan. He'll never tell you the plan. And his Trump would say some shit be like, see, there's no plan. Yeah. He really emperor. Yeah. He he really, I don't mean to interrupt you, but he did he did the emperor has no clothes shtick yeah. to him yeah. a few times. And I thought he did a good job of that. So I'm sorry. I think that's I think that's where he needs to be, though. I uh, do want to talk quickly about Trump's taxes that came out. The the story oh, yeah, that absolutely. broke this week about Trump's taxes. Um, it came out that uh that Trump is fucking broke, and it's the funniest <laughs> fucking shit I've heard in a long time. Tom, my favorite part about all this is that there was so many people before Trump came, and these are those fucking arm-swinging dipshits who are all like, I love myself some street smarts, and who needs them book smarts? And I don't need them book smarts. What I want is a businessman. Give yep. me that businessman. Businessman gonna run this country swinging my arms. That's what I'm doing right now. If you can't see me swinging my arms, I am swinging my arms. I'm an arm-swinging swinger. That's what I do. And these fucking, all these little idiots out there. Oh my God. The fact that you got taken by a fucking grifter and you bought the biggest lemon on the lot is just so fucking delicious to me because it's been rumored for a long time that he's broke, right? It's yep. been rumored for a long time by a lot of different people where, you know, and I don't know that it was his, that he's broke, but it certainly has been rumored for a long time that he is not as affluent as he plays off. He says he's a billionaire. Yeah, where's the billions? Like what, you know, like it's like a fucking, right. you're that old lady looking in the sandwich. Where's the fucking beef? You know what I mean? Where's your <laughs> billions at? He hasn't, he hasn't ever really produced that. And the fact that he... He lost so much money that he only paid $750 in taxes. And the fact that he's now on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars in debt uh, is, is one of those things that's so delicious to watch because it's like you fucking, you thought you had it. You thought you were smart. You were had by a grifter. And now you've got to cope with that in your own head. You know, and, and also creates a talking point that's impossible for him to escape, right? Like, and it happened during the debate. You know, it gets brought up that he's um, yeah. essentially valueless. And it's worse than just having no money. Like, it's like, we'll talk about that in a second, but like, then it's like, all right, fine. If it's not true, release your, release release your tax, tax returns. returns. You can right? change. Yeah, you can yeah. change it. Yeah. yeah, it's just, and now that's, a, that is an inescapable box to paint yeah. him in. He only has yeah. three choices. Release his tax returns, continue to call it fake news, you know, well, actually, no, that's it. That's really the only choices that he yeah. has. Yeah. Right? Right. That's it. Or, yeah. I guess, or acknowledge the truth of the situation, which that's, yeah, a, I mean, I mean, that's but, so but, far-fetched it didn't even occur to me. Releasing the tax returns is acknowledging the truth of the situation right. because there's no way the New York Times is writing a fake story. No, there's no, no fucking no, way because he no. would own the New York Times after that. Yep. There's no fucking way they're doing that. Yep. They got they got those tax returns because New York State got those tax returns and they fucking saw them and then they printed them and, and they didn't print them, but they printed what they saw. And yep. so fucking I, you could say that's fake news from now until whenever, but you're the only one who's controlling the, th the faucet on whether or not we have the knowledge on that. You're the one. No one else. Yep. Because someone else made a claim. It's real easy to prove. Go prove it. You yep. know, when you did this, you did the same thing to fucking Barack Obama. Prove your citizen. Okay, here's Here my fucking long form birth certificate. Oh, uh, I guess I don't have anything else yeah. to say. Do the same thing to us. Show us your taxes. Yep. Show us your long form taxes, asshole. <laughs> Let's see how that goes for you. What what what's what's concerning, what should be of concern though, is like it's not just that he's not a billionaire. 
It's that, you know, he is very close to being broke. He owes $420 million at least in loan repayment. Yeah. And he's not worth a fuck all. Like if you're if you're taking that kind of those kind of losses, one, you're not a very good businessman, right? No, I mean, losing yeah. losing money at that at that rate is not the sign of a successful business person. But also being literally hundreds of millions of dollars in debt means that like he is likely to be leveraged by foreign powers, right? Who have control of his business interests um, in other parts of the world. You know, it's it even in like even in my goofy business, like even in my my silly little nothing job with very little power, one of the things they do when you reach a certain place in your career is they run a credit report as part of the hiring process. It's part of your background check. And you're not going to be somebody who, like for my company, gets added to the escrow account or signs checks or has a fiduciary responsibility if you've got if you're over leveraged, if you've got bad credit, because it makes you an easy target, right? Yep. It makes it, it like who's most likely to steal or be leveraged by ne'er do wells, so to speak, right? Yeah. It's somebody who's over leveraged because desperation creates a need to build opportunity, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so no. we have we have a president who's four hundred and twenty million dollars in debt. Those fucking chips are going to be called at some point, and I'm really supposed He's clearly leveraging his presidency for personal gain. He's done it since day one. He's done it since the beginning. None of that is surprising. We don't have to go into all the ways he's done that. But like these tax returns show a deeply vulnerable president. Yeah. It's not just that he's a liar, which he is. It's not just that he's like um, terrible at actually running a business for all those idiots who for reasons fucking unfathomable to me have decided that like, well, you know, if you can run a business, you can run a country. Like that is the dumbest sentence anybody's ever said out loud. They don't correlate in any meaningful way. But like, not only are those people wrong, but you also have a president who's incredibly, incredibly vulnerable. And we should be worried about that level of personal vulnerability. That's a fucking real problem. That's a scary problem. The big part about that vulnerability, Tom, is that it, a lot of that debt comes due in his set, what would be if he got elected yep. his second term. Yeah. So during his, while he is the president of the United States, possibly, right? There's a possibility he's been the president Possible, yeah. in, 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 in three years. That debt becomes now something that they're coming to look to collect. And how do you not, like you said, you know, you have this, you, when, when you're pushed, when you're pushed to the edge, you're going to, you might do something that's a little shady. Yeah. And he's already proven that he's willing to do that now without, you know, really being pushed to the edge. Can you imagine where he's at in a couple of years? And you know, the other thing that he's that he talks about when everybody talks about how great a businessman he is and how great an economy this is, he's essentially treated the U.S. economy like his businesses. He's he runs these like he runs like a mob runs a business. Yep. Where I don't know yep. if you've seen Goodfellas, but in Goodfellas <laughs> yeah. they talk about that uh, one moment where the guy gets an ownership in the restaurant and they start basically ordering shit on credit and then selling it out the back door at yep. half the price. <laughs> and then they eventually light the place on fire and collect the insurance money. And that's exactly what he's doing yeah. with the United States. He's yep. running it into the ground. We have way more debt than we ever had before. He's he's basically just, he's basically just like propping up all these systems to make it look like it, it, it's the same thing as if you buy a house that you can't afford. He's doing the same thing with our government. Yep. And he's been doing this forever with his own personal finances. And now he's doing it with all our money. 
So we all kick into the kitty and he's doing it with all our money too. And so, you know, it's, it's even worse than we thought in the sense that, you know, yeah, you, like you say, you hired a grifter, but you hired a grifter that is bad at business and he's doing the same bad things that he's been doing all along to all of us. Yep. Well, like it shouldn't be surprising, right? Because a, a company exists to create wealth for the top. So it, a company exists to drive wealth um, up to the top, up up to its management, to its executives. That's where a, that's that is how a company structures itself, and it structures itself that way because the fucking decision makers who build the company are the guys at the top. So they're never going to build a company as the decision makers and structure it in a way that does not benefit them overarchingly. Right. Right. We are building an economy. By building an economy that primarily focuses on the, the the robustness of the markets rather than by reducing wealth inequality and by providing high quality, good paying jobs for the middle class, we are exactly creating a, a nation that mimics a business. We are driving the wealth to the top. We're doing the things that you do. Like, what does a company do when it starts to flounder? Well, you lay people off. Why do you lay people off? Well, because you just put a little more work on the remaining employees. They're going to suck it up and be glad they've still got work. You save some money. And then what do you do? It drives wealth up to the top. It increases the bottom line. It drives wealth up to the top. We're building a country that mimics the same model that businesses have. But that is not a model that is good for the long term. It's not yeah. a model that's good for the people that work there, it's a model that is exclusively built for the people at the top. Anybody who thinks that we should run a country like you run a business literally doesn't know how businesses get run. You've yeah. never, and and I, I actually don't blame people because they've probably never been in position to be the decision maker in a company, right? I hear that fucking phrase. Never have I heard that phrase from somebody who's actually a decision maker at a major company, right? You hear that from people down at the bottom because they deify those that are in charge of them. People in charge must know more. That's why they're in charge and I'm not. They have to be smarter. They have to be better because otherwise I would be in charge. Otherwise I'd be the millionaire. So the fact that I'm not in charge and I'm not the millionaire means these people must know better. Yeah, But they yep. fucking don't. They just got luckier. That's literally the only thing that separates most people from a path of success to a path that is less successful. One of you guys just got luckier. That's fucking it. That's that's it. For most of America, it's fucking luck. But we don't like that because it's difficult. Where, where am I? What the hell is that? Oh my God, is that? What? Gary, where the hell are we? This is the future. What? I brought you here. We need your help. Who? What is happening? It's... Oh my God! Whoa, that was close. What the fuck? You need to bring this message back to the past. Uh, okay, but what is happening? You need to warn the past about the DAPs. About the what? The DAPs, they took over. Who is that? You called it DAP in your time. <gasps> my God. How did this happen? Long ago, the nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Dap Nation attacked. 
Only the Wops, master of all four plagues, laments, could stop them. Wait, what happened to the Wops of my time? People stopped using code GLORY. What? They dried up. Why? Did they not know they get 50% off almost any one item? And free shipping delivered discreetly to your door. door. This is the problem, Ian. You need to go back and tell them about AdamandEve.com. Are my ads not working? <laughs> Am I not yeah. reaching anyone? Oh, get a hold of yourself. Okay. You have to get back to the future. You, you mean past? Y yes. J jump in the time machine over there. Wait, Gary, you're saying you built a time machine? Out of a carton of Neapolitan ice cream? No, not that, you dumb fuck. Oh. It's the big time machine-looking thing over there. Then what's with all the ice cream? Neapolitan ice cream is the only thing left in the future. Horrible. <laughs> Watch out! That's a Shapirinator! Ah! Go, go! Warn them! They need to keep it wet! Use code GLORY! I won't fail you, Gary! <laughs> Poison Ivy Outback, maybe? Where is she? No, they're not my parents. They're trying to trick you. <laughs> the worms are in their brains. Yeah, this story is actually pretty fucked up. This story is from The Guardian. Texas residents warned of tap water tainted with brain-eating microbes. Brain-eating microbe 2020. That's what was going to be on my shirt tonight, but I couldn't get it in time. <laughs> So this, after a six-year-old kid died, um, Texas officials have warned residents of some communities near Houston. And I thought like, yep. of course it's fucking near yep. Houston. Yeah. Of course it's near Houston. Makes Just sense. Stop using their tap water because it might be tainted with a deadly brain-eating amoeba. Um, you're not supposed to use your tap water for any reason except for to flush toilets in Lake Jackson, Freeport, Angleton, Brazoria, Richwood, Oyster Creek, Clute, and Rosenberg. That's about 120,000 people, including uh, a couple of prisons, um, a Dow chemical factory in Freeport, two state prisons, 2,400 inmates. The fuck are the inmates supposed to do? Oh, like, what the fuck are the inmates supposed to do? Well, you so, know, I, this is one of those things too. I was reading the story and they were talking about uh, this normally gets, gets handled because of chlorine. So chlorine in the water is one of the things that I guess handles it normally. Right. Um, and... You know, it's, this is one of those moments where you look at all those people who are uh, uh, who will say things, talk about how bad chlorine is for you, and then right, you look right. and you say, "Yeah, but I don't want a fucking brain-eating amoeba. How about that? Yeah, like I'd much rather have a little chlorine in my system than a fucking brain-eating amoeba, folks. Yeah, we have to treat our fucking tap water, you lunatics. Like it's like the fucking raw milk people. You yeah. know, like oh, yeah, I'm gonna have some raw, unpasteurized milk. It's like great. You go ahead with that." I will be drinking milk that nobody gets diarrhea from. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink milk and then I'm going to have solid shits. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, like, we live in this crazy time, Cecil, where there's like, there is like a pushback against like the, um, the wonders of modernity, you know, as if they're a problem. And it's like, no, like for a long time, Clean drinking water was a real fucking tragedy. And still, in huge parts of the world, like, lack of access to clean drinking water is a major killer. It is a major killer of people all across the world. And we're yeah. just like, yeah, but, you know, I don't want the chlorine in there. Yeah, it's the problem want... of being too successful. Right. 
Yeah, it's the problem of being just uh, way too much success at making sure that nobody gets sick off drinking water eventually makes people think all water is therefore safe. Same thing happens with disease. When we when we do the same thing with vaccines, you're a victim mm-hmm. of your own success. Nobody has gotten sick here for a long time. And gosh, those measles weren't so bad, were they? Well, let's stop doing it. And then, you know, then you run into problems. And there's there's no like, there's no comparative analysis at all, right? It's all, everything is, every, because the, the reality is that like all luxury and all tragedy is relative. But like, if you look at things on an absolute scale, it's like, well, I mean, I want to be able to drink water that is perfectly safe, not relatively safe. Well, you're never going to do that. Like, just get that. That's stupid. Get that shit out of your head. We don't live in perfection. We're never going to live in a society or world, a community, a country that has that as its standard. So if that's your standard, you have a dumbass fucking standard. What we have is you shit in the cleanest, safest drinking water the world has ever known. That's what you shit in. Yeah, and we're just like, well, oh, but there's a little like a little chlorine aftertaste. My yeah. brain did not get eaten by an amoeba, though. Yeah. I should probably yeah, get the fuck out of here. Get yeah. run it through a fucking Brita if you want to change the way it tastes. Like just I, what the fuck? Uh, the scariest shit is the brain eating amoeba itself is just terrifying to me. Oh, that's yeah. a terrifying thing. And the fact that, you know, I mean, you know that it's supposed to live in certain areas. I guess it doesn't It doesn't live up here, right? It's too cold up here for the amoebas or something. It's like only in the... I've only heard about it in the southern states. I've never yeah, heard about it. In, it's yeah. typically a warm water thing, like warm yeah. still water. Yeah. Yeah. And so it happens down like in places like Texas and whatnot where people go swimming in these um, still areas. Like you say, the small lakes, ponds. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, and it's and they get fucking they they catch this thing, and it fucking eats you. I mean, it eats your fucking brain. The fuck, man, that's like nightmare fuel. I I would feel terrible starving the amoebas to death like that. Yeah, I know, right? Gosh. Be, I'd feel so bad for them. I'd be like, <laughs> waiter, so- <laughs> waiter, seconds. I thought we had a reservation. There's, I mean, clearly no service here. <laughs> At the river mouth. The bears catch only the tastiest, most tender salmon. Which is exactly what we at John West want. John West endure the worst to bring you the best. This story comes from somersetlive.co.uk. And I grabbed this story because last week we talked about how the whales were, uh, (laughs) the whales are just done with humanity. You know, the whales are attacking the boats and now the polar bears are attacking our helicopters. Nature <laughs> nature has just decided it is straight up going after us. It's fucking done. Soon, Cecil, the trees will make us all commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> the trees the trees from the forest cities that we have? Is yeah, that what's right? <laughs> A helicopter assembled by Leonardo Helicopters, which I think is fucking Wait, great, by the Leonardo way. Leonardo Helicopter? What? <laughs> Leonardo helicopter. You can damage it, but its heart goes on. Oh, so that's yeah. oh, that's good. They should have Leonardo's ornithopters. Actually, that would be even better. Um, helicopter. The reason by- why you can fly a Leonardo helicopter is because you're the aviator. That's why. <laughs> Leonardo helicopters. Um, they dump you after you turn 25. Wait, no, that's. that's, that's <laughs> Was it attacked by a bear? It was attacked by a wolf of Wall Street. That makes sense. Okay. So this thing is a semi-Leonardo helicopter. has been attacked by a polar bear in Canada. 
Um, the Canadians apologized briefly to the polar bear after the attack. The CH-149 <laughs> cormorant. <laughs> Sorry. Game Oi. on. Sorry there. We didn't mean to put our uh, helicopter there near your bear family, eh? Sorry. <laughs> the CH-149 cormorant helicopter was left damaged by the curious animal after the incident in Quebec. The Royal Canadian Air Force has confirmed. Staff on Jesus training Christ. exercise left the aircraft parked at the remote Seglick Airport. Uh, near to the Labrador Sea. Crushed it. Um, which fetches the other seas. Yeah. <laughs> and returned to find huge muddy paw prints across the outside of the helicopter and a side window had been pushed into the aircraft um, by the animal and other minor damage had been caused. Did they call it a bad boy? <laughs> You're a bad boy. You're a bad boy. They make it, they go up to it and they're like, you better wipe your paws off before you touch this again. I got to wipe your paws off every time you come in from the rain. Every single time. Oh, God. You just, you can't fucking park a helicopter anywhere without just getting attacked by a polar bear, <laughs> eaten by a leopard seal. This poor bear comes floating in, emaciated on its iceberg <laughs> that's floating. Just sees the helicopter. It's like, I'm so hungry. I have to eat something. <laughs> Who just leaves the wrapper? Why would somebody yeah. just leave a wrapper out here? There's not even. It's like eating. It's like eating the outside of a fucking TV dinner. You know what I mean? It's to, like I can't even get in this thing. It's like drinking all the milk and putting the container back in the fridge. Like it's just a dick move. You gonna leave a helicopter without any people in it? What's uh, a fucking hungry polar bear supposed to do? What do I always say? Stay, Stay on, on the, the inside. Jinx. Oh, oh. No backsies. No penny taxis. What? You, you ain't, ain't supposed, supposed to talk. talk. Jinx, double jinx, triple jinx, Googleplex, damn! This story comes from Australian Jewish News. Airborne Yom Kippur ritual for locked down <laughs> Melbourne Jews. That's so amazing. This though. is the fucking dumbest shit. This is fucking, this I is. I love it so much though. I got to read this thing. This is just. I love it so much. Fucking These bonkers. are the same people. These are the same people though that are like. Super worried about taking an elevator. Do you remember the story oh, yeah. or whatever where they they have to? There's a certain type of elevator switch that they can use, and other ones they can't because the electrical current or something. It's crazy. It's crazy. There is no people that are more letter of the law rather than spirit of the law than like the super observant Jews. Like yeah. they are just like all right. You know who fucking loves some paperwork? Jewish God. Jewish God is like. Oi, vey, you got to be in a loophole. What? Like, <laughs> I, I love that their God is so easy to trick. He's the creator of the whole universe, but he's like, oh, you fucking got me with that elevator. God, I wasn't oh, fucking man. thinking when I created the universe ahead of time. <laughs> he got me with that elevator. Oh, man. Damn they, it. Do you see they strung that wire up around their neighborhood uh, and now they don't have to follow any of my rules within the wire. <laughs> like So what? smart, these guys. Man. Uh, a Melbourne pilot took to the skies with three chickens. Melbourne. On Melbourne, thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me reread that. You got to read it. You got to change it. Good eye. A Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds nothing like you sound like you're having a stroke. You didn't sound <laughs> like a, another dialect. <laughs> Even when we were in Australia, like I just could never, I could never get the yeah. hang of their like uh, ignore some of the letters and mush their fucking language together. They had a weird cadence too. They yeah. were hard to follow. Not as hard to follow as the Scottish. The Scottish were the worst. I oh. couldn't. The Scottish is my, in my opinion, the Scottish didn't even speak English. I couldn't no. understand a that word they were saying. That is just a guttural, like the, it's, when we were in Scotland, I, I'm still not sure of anything that was said to us the entire I, time. 
I, no. there was, there was, I was lucky because two or three people played my interpreter that weekend and it was wonderful. But the rest of the time I was just befuddled, absolutely befuddled. There was four or five times that people came up to me and they would say something and I would stop and say, I, I am very sorry, but what did you just say? <laughs> When, it, when we were in Glasgow, I went in the morning and I worked out at a CrossFit in Glasgow. And like, it was just me and like the coach was there because it was like an open gym time or whatever. And like, I'm just doing my thing. And he would just like look over at me once in a while and just yell some whatever fucking Scottish gibberish at me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's motivating or if I'm doing yeah. something wrong. <laughs> like maybe he's got a chicken bone in his throat. I have no idea. It could be all three of these things. All right, let me try to read it again. A Mel Melbourne, Melbourne, a Melbourne right? pilot, ah, a Melbourne pilot, yeah, a Melbourne pilot took to the skies with three chickens on Sunday to carry out a pre Yom Kippur ritual that was otherwise off limits for the city's locked down Jews. This makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Caparat, practiced by some Orthodox Jews, involves swinging a live chicken <laughs> over one's head. Three times, not once, not no. twice, but three. Three is the, the number of the swinging chickens above the your chicken's head. Like, the chicken starts going, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, thank God that's over. Holy shit, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you just grabbed this fucking confused bird. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, the chicken doesn't around. have long to live after that, though, because no, they kill no. it immediately after. They do. Yeah. So they they sway they involves swinging a live chicken over one's head three times and reciting a prayer to transfer the sin your sins to the bird. The chicken is then slaughtered <laughs> and donated to the poor. That's my other favorite part. It's like, all right, this chicken is full of some shit that I have done. <laughs> I am not eating it. I'll tell you what, this is a dirty ass <laughs> fucking chicken, chicken. This chicken is filled with glory holes in math. Who wants it? <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking oh, weird thing to do. What we were so, talking about God earlier, where God, <laughs> their God is up there. He's like, I'm going to get you. You said, oh, you put the sins in the chicken? Why did <laughs> I think of that? <laughs> Fuck. You put the sins in the chicken? Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I didn't God, realize they put the, the lime chicken in the coconut. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't think a chicken was a sponge that could just soak up <laughs> sins so, so well. You guys are so, smart, man. So wow. poor fucking chickens like <laughs> in know. hell for adultery. And it's just like, what? <laughs> they didn't even get to do anything. It's, yeah. just, it's just like clucking around his fucking head. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even do it. I didn't, I didn't even, even do it. I live my anything. whole life without any cock, and somehow I end up uh, down here for say, adultery. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh. This year, with large gatherings off limits because of the coronavirus, those who practice the ritual have struggled with how to carry it out. A Brooklyn organization is offering to deliver chickens to people's homes in what? Israel. That doesn't <laughs> just well, yeah, like um, door to door sin chickens, like grub. It's a different kind of grub. It's chicken. a different kind of grub. It's a, it's like the little grub that a chicken would eat. I guess is the grub hub that you would use. They'll so, lure them there, right? Yeah. In Melbourne, this, the entire city is locked down, so an enterprising philanthropist with access to an airplane decided to conduct a symbolic version. And I thought, it's all symbolic. What do you yeah. mean a symbolic version? Yeah. It's As opposed like, to yeah. the literal version? Like, holy shit, yeah. I've... Like, you get off the scale and you weigh, like, three sins lighter afterwards. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's a, it's a, <laughs> what you show me about? your sins beforehand. 
and then show me your sins afterwards. Oh, look at stupid. that. They're all stuck to this chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking feathers Dumb. turn black or whatever. So stupid. Decide to conduct a symbolic version above the heads of all Melbourne's Jews by flying with chickens in circles above the city. The hour-long, low-altitude flight circled over suburbs with large Jewish populations, including Caulfield and St. Kilda. The plane carried three chickens, two male and one female, traditional for men to swing male chickens and for women to swing hens. I don't think but anyone here is... send half as much, so that's why there's only one. There's one less. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, women send half as... Women right. are half as sinful. That, that makes sense. That okay. checks. That checks. Yeah, sure. And I, I like this part, too, because it's, it's even better. Uh, it's even more pointless, the very last line. I don't think anyone here thinks that they could be yoits, having fulfilled one's ritual obligations with the foul flyover, but it was definitely <laughs> a nice start to the day. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, did they kill the chickens in the plane? I don't know. And they just like drop them on the poor from above. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just make the chickens jump. Like that's how they, they may kill them. Jump. Yeah, they fly, right? Oh, no, they don't. No, look at that. Uh, I just dropped a chicken from God. the airplane. What a horrible, dumb ritual. I mean, what? it's just a horrible, dumb ritual. So Not stupid. only do you scare the shit out of the chicken ahead of time, then you kill it afterwards like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I don't understand how anybody like in modern times is like, yeah, I definitely need to get rid of some sins by transferring oh. them to a chicken. <laughs> you come in on Monday. Fuck? Say that on shit Monday. out loud. Joe, did you transfer your your sins to a chicken this weekend? You seem so light on your feet. You right. seem so you seem like 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 the world is your oyster again, Joe. Way to go. Like, do I to, don't even get can it. Can you do that every like anytime you sin? Like, yeah. what if you're just like, God damn, I like. I've done some shit. I got to wait six months before I can swing a chicken above my head. I have been <laughs> I have been wrestling with some bad decisions for a long time. When is chicken swinging sin transfer weekend or whatever? <laughs> yeah. If you're rich, you just, you just drive around in your limo with like a whole bunch of chickens in the back seat that you can just <laughs> use uh, whenever you need them. You ever think about your kids or your grandkids, huh? Sucking up their inheritance through that fucked oxygen tube? And Benny's fucked intensive care. You fucks, I hate you. I hate you both. I, I should, I should fucking both. Just right now, I should fucking kill you fucking both. You're the fucking reason this country's going down the drain. This story comes from the Orange County Register. OC sheriff's deputies who lied on reports testify they didn't know that was illegal. <laughs> Lying on sheriff's, the report was illegal. Sheriff's department has placed new I, protocols to ensure Aren't deputies the understand guys? they must book evidence in a timely fashion. Aren't these the guys that arrest people for things that are supposed to be legal or yeah. illegal and they don't know that the thing they're doing is illegal? It's not like they didn't, like, and like let's be clear about like what happens here. So what happened is they filled out a report that said they booked some shit into evidence. Then they didn't book that shit into evidence. And people were like, hey, did you book that shit into evidence? And like, Nah, we didn't do that. Well, you said you did. You wrote down that you did. That's illegal. And they're like, well, no one told us we couldn't falsify reports. <laughs> That's literally what they're, that is literally what their attorney argued for them. And crazily, it kind of worked. Yeah. They actually got a lesser sentence. They got yep. a lesser sentence because they said like, well, you know, I mean, they weren't explicitly told in any of their field training or other training that they couldn't falsify report. This is the sheriffs. It's like 
it is self-evident that like lying on paper is the wrong place at the very least to do your lying. If you're going to do some lying, do lying like not on the record, not yeah. written down. Like, what do yeah. you think? Like, I filled out a report. I just thought it was like what I hoped happened. Like, I feel like, the like it's not fucking penthouse letters. It's not like here's <laughs> like here's my fucking Christmas wish list. It's a report of things that happened. I was watching this this show. Um, it was a recent Frontline PBS Frontline uh, called "Policing the Police 2020," and it's a it's a story and investigative report from uh, one gentleman uh, who's talking about sort of paying attention to how police officers are being, you know, being policed. Uh, specifically by like Department of Justice and other places. And I guess during the Obama administration, they had made some strides forward uh, with trying to make sure that police were more accountable and they were paying more attention. And then as soon as Jeff Sessions, the fucking Keebler elf got in there, he immediately canceled all that shit that they were doing. Like they were, they were starting to trying to reform in some ways, paying attention to how police handled their jobs and when Jeff Sessions came in, he literally made a speech and said, I'm a, I always have your back. I literally always have your back. So he's oh basically God. giving them carte blanche to do whatever they want, whenever they want, because he won't do anything to them. Right. And I was watching this, this uh, report and this guy goes out with these police officers, uh, this reporter, and they show these guys run up to this, to their, their you know, because they have a camera crew with them, just like cops, right? Except for this right. camera crew isn't like trying to find... Uh, isn't trying to follow them like the police officers do in that cops thing where they're running after criminals or whatever. These guys are filming you for, you know, because you you would have to imagine that it's not going to be flattering, right? Right, yeah. Well, they're out there. They're out there with the police officers and these two cops get out of the car and they they walk up to this guy who's walking and the, the guy's walking. He said, don't touch me. As he's walking, he's walking towards the police and the police say, hey, man. And he says, don't touch me. Don't put your hands on me. And the cops walk up and they start to stop him and he turns to keep walking and they flip his ass on the ground. They put him in cuffs. They like freak out on him and they're yelling at him and he keeps on the whole time. He said, I'm not doing anything wrong. And they said, you, you, you shouldn't walk away from us. You can't walk away from us like that. And he said, yes, I can. I absolutely can. I'm not, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just going home. You, you, you said, Hey, what's up? And I said, don't touch me. I said, that was the conversation that happened. And you threw me on the ground and they said, well, you need to pay attention to our orders. He said, you didn't give me an order. Said you just said, you know, and and so this all transpires on, on camera, right. right? It happens on camera. And so after it's over, the guy gets up, they let him go. And he says, you know, they have a little conversation with him and the guy didn't have anything on him. The guy wasn't doing anything wrong. And this police department was specifically out there trying to find guns in the neighborhood. And they were essentially doing stop and frisk to anybody that they thought had a gun. And they would just throw them on the ground or put them up against and they'd frisk them and talk to them. And they, they were a gang unit that was essentially just trying to weed out as many guns as they possibly could. And, you know, why stop that at their manufacturer with laws or anything? Right. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, the, the, the point of the story is, is that the, the reason the, after this all transpires, the reporter goes to find the report on the on the file because he wants to see what they wrote down, right? He wants to see how they yeah right what you know because you're supposed it. to yeah by by law they're supposed to report this, and he goes to go check it out and they never filed the report. They never filed it. It was never put in the system because and I and that you know yeah, that that to that me happens. says yeah. if they're willing to do that in front of a camera that you know for sure is filming you in an unflattering way, right? There's no way that doesn't happen all the time. Oh. There's no you cannot yeah. convince me that that doesn't happen all the fucking time. 
Yeah, I there's no reason to be convinced of that because we've seen how many instances where like, like the cops know they're on camera and they behave badly. And you're like, okay, well, and 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 if you're the police, you've got to know, like, yeah, I, I do that because 99.99% of the time, nothing bad's gonna happen to me. Nothing happens to me. Nothing, I mean, how many instances during the, the 2020 protests? How many yeah. hundreds and hundreds of instances of unprovoked police brutality do we have that are documented on camera? And nothing's going to happen to any of these people. Nothing yeah. has happened to the vast majority. For the, because for the most part, they act with, with, with not relative, but absolute impunity in their behavior with the, with the public. It's yeah. grotesque. Yeah. I mean, the idea that like a couple of sheriff's deputies could actually make the claim and get a reduced sentence because they didn't know it was illegal to write down false shit on a fucking police report. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't. Nobody ever said you couldn't lie. That's a yeah. new one on us. Yeah. Yeah. It's ballsy to even say it out loud. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Ashton, Dean, Josh, James, Brandy, Matthew, Mitch, Amber, Jennifer, Samantha, Blake, and Michael, and people who up their pledges, Princess Thunderballs. Thank you so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. We cannot thank you enough. Uh, and so please, uh, if you like the show, if you enjoy the show, if the show uh, makes you smile during difficult times, if it gets you through some tough times, we ask that you go to Patreon and become a patron. You make Glory Hole Studios happen. The studio costs money. Our internet costs money. Uh, Tom and I having two separate studios costs money. Ian costs a lot of money. So <laughs> We can't afford <laughs> Ian things. without you guys. Yeah. So we really can't. Yeah, really that's can. not a so joke. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> we can barely afford Ian with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we got a message uh, about the civil story. Uh, this is last week. We talked about the app, the civil app where you could uh, join up to help evict people from in a crowdsourcing way, which is very hip. Uh, we got a message. Uh, this one is from Brazen Honesty, who said, uh, what do you guys think of maybe somebody also conceal carrying and going to be somebody who was oh, using that app. Like how bad could this possibly get? And I got to say, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the violence that could happen, but we certainly didn't talk about it in an extensive way, but violence is very possible at an eviction. And I, I can see a scenario where somebody, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of person who wants, who's looking for an opportunity or outlet for violence and they're looking for some excuse to inflict violence in ways that um, they don't get in trouble for and yet have entirely right. the upper hand in, which yep, is, I mean, yep, which yep. is why you carry a gun, right? It's, it's to have the upper yeah. hand. So yeah, I can see that happening. I can absolutely see that happening. It's, it, it, it's one of the many horrors of outsourcing evictions to fucking yep. random people. It's uh, God. Yeah. Tom, Matt sends in a message talking about the WWE and contract workers. Yeah, so this was an interesting message, um, and it's a long message, but basically, like, these guys are contract. They're not straight employees, and they sign a contract which limits the the terms of their um, employment so they can't take time off for being injured. They can't take time off for being sick and still expect to be paid. They can't... They're, they're hamstrung. They're basically treated, um, I mean, like they're owned by the WWE, and that really is a problem with contract workers. 
you know, when you're a contract worker, especially when you're in a niche industry like entertainment and then a niche within a niche, like, um, you know, the wrestling industry, but really it accounts for any industry where the employer has such a strong upper hand against the total number of people available to do that employment, right? So there's a million people that if, if you post the WD posts a thing for like looking for a wrestler, how many wrestlers are going to show up ready, willing, and able to break their fucking bodies for a contract? When that stuff happens, that means that the employer has the upper hand. They write a contract that is in their favor and the employee does not have an opportunity to negotiate fair terms because they're yeah. on their back foot as the quote unquote employee. Contract employees are notoriously subject to the worst conditions possible and the yep. lowest treatment possible. It's it's yep. a shit. And we're moving more and more toward contracting out labor, yep. contracting out all kinds of services. There's And it's not all bad. Don't get me wrong. Like there are times when the employee in a contract basis can have the upper hand or can have some closer parity with the employer. But there are many circumstances where parity is not possible. And when that's the case, contract employees eat a tremendous amount of shit. They eat a tremendous yeah. amount of shit because they have virtually no workplace protections. So we got a message from Glenda and Glenda was telling us a story about how someone uh, wound up getting killed doing an eviction in another state because uh, because they're very dangerous. But Glenda also mentions that uh, that, you know, I, I don't know if we said this and, and if we did, we said it in error. She says on the, on the subject of landlords being okay. Um, I want to say this, basically, basically being able to survive the pandemic and give their renters uh, some sort of, uh, you know, to sort of lay off their renters and let their renters sort of live for free for a little while. I want to say this. I don't, I didn't, I, I thought I was talking about the banks when I said some things were going to be okay. The banks will be, should be fine, right? The banks could, we could, and and also we could do things like um, pass a coronavirus bill, which makes sure that everybody's fine and there won't be any people getting evicted because we can make sure that we could stop all those things from happening by paying people money and making sure that the money stays in the economy instead of just, I don't know, just letting fucking like, off to the races, businesses go sign up for as much money as they want to take and then just take whatever they want and then not do anything with it or whatever, like we did under Trump. So there's ways to create bills that could help people, right? But I also want to say too, yeah, I get it. If you're just a regular dude and you happen to own your house and, you, and, and you're renting out, you know, the upstairs or if you own a three flat and you own live in the bottom or whatever, or, you know, even if you just have like one or two houses that that's kind of your income, I get it. I understand that, you know, there's people out there that that they need to make that money too. So I, I don't want to make it sound like I was somehow coming down on the landlord out there. But if a landlord owns 50 properties, I suspect they're going to be okay because chances are they probably are, know exactly how to handle something like this. Yeah, I, I can speak from some experience on this. Again, just to point, I've, I've been a landlord. I've owned, I owned a house. I rented it out for about eight years. Um, and it, it had its ups and downs. It had mostly downs as a landlord. It was not, was not a uniquely positive experience. And I get it. Like, you know, at some point, sometimes like a, a big source of necessary income is that rent. You need the rent to pay the mortgage against the house. It's just, it's, it's, it's part of it. So, and I know that most people that are landlords are small landlords, like other than yeah. like, so, you know, I think Cecil and I both, you know, I just want to emphasize, we get it. Um, we do, we get it. The The point is not whether or not people who do not have means should 
subsidize people who have also no means, right? The, the, the point Cecil and I were making, I think, is that there are huge corporations that can subsidize people who have lesser means during these downtimes. The reason the landlord needs that income is because they've got fucking bills to pay too. So yeah. if we reduce their bills, you know, by saying, hey, Bank of America and Chase and all the rest of these guys, you can't collect on these mortgages, even if they're non-owner occupied properties during the course of the pandemic. That allows landlords some flexibility to say, hey, I'll pass that on to you, my my tenant, right? Because I'm not going to eat shit. And I don't need to make you eat shit either. So instead, we do nothing. We yeah. do exactly nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we just, we hurt people. Got a message from Brian. He sent us in a fireball eggnog. I don't know that there's a way to make eggnog worse, but it seems like they found it. I mean, fireball is so atrocious on its Fireball's own. a horror. Adding yeah. that to eggnog. I don't know which made yeah. which worse. Got a message from Elvis. Elvis says there's a uh, website that happens to have every open bathroom in New York City. So we'll post it on this week's show notes in case you need to take a crap. I admit that you could probably just stand between the giant piles of garbage in New York City and just <laughs> shit on the street. How would anybody fine. notice? I mean, plenty of privacy. Oh, plenty of privacy. You just stand behind the giant mounds of garbage <laughs> on the street and you're good. This one's from Fox. Fox asks if we consume any left-wing media. Uh, and he asks about that. I do. I listen to uh, citations needed on occasion. I do not listen to Chapo Trap House, Trap House um, but I have listened to a, a few of the podcasts, and I and I do consume uh, some uh, information when we talk about uh, left leaning. I, I look at the Jacobin and other places like a Intercept. So I've I've read some, and I read some of those those farther left uh, 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 papers, and I also read farther right sources. I've looked at the Drudge Report. I've looked at uh you know, Judge Report's basically a uh, right-leaning uh, aggregator. And then there's also, uh, I look at uh, the uh, National Review on occasion. I listen to Left, Right, and Center, which has uh, a guy almost always from National Review on it. So there's always someone who's a right-leaning person who's talking. So I consume from both sides, actually, as much as I can. I try to, I try to pay attention to both sides of the, uh, of the aisle to see what other people are thinking uh, and what they're, what they're, how they're coming at particular issues. So I almost always try to broaden my reach as much as possible to try to see what kind of information people are gleaning from the same story. Uh, we did get one person. Celine says uh, that Corgasms, they got them and they're great. Uh, thank you. Uh, the only the person, only a couple one. people sent messages and said that, that they've heard of them or they came close, but they never had one. So uh, and one person in our audience, um, uh, that admitted it. So there you go. Uh, this next one is from Steve. And Steve has an interesting way to uh, fix some of the issues of lopsidedness in our government. So a solution is to, I uh, wouldn't take any constitutional change, um, would help alleviate some of the issues. One theory is that the size of the legislature should always be near the cube root of the population. Using this theory, this would give us 577 members of the House of Representatives. If you run the 2000 election, uh, election results over with the new electoral votes, Al Gore wins the Electoral College 347 to 329, and that's even before adding in Puerto Rico and D.C. Um, it's an interesting idea. I think uh, it'll never happen. <laughs> I wish it would. But yeah. um, I think just trying to explain to the American people what a cube root is, <laughs> you've got yeah. an uphill battle. We, we, you can't get people to use the metric system. Yeah. Like you're going to explain to them that you've got. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we've got. Yeah. Okay, guys, yeah. we're going to take the cube root of the population. You've lost. Yeah. You've lost. 
<laughs> you lost America so bad. I want to mention something though. This week I was curious because Trump, one of the things that he said this week was that specifically that um, that America chose uh, the the majority of Americans chose. Uh, we had the majority in the Senate, and we have a, a a Republican president, and so they're allowed to choose the the next Supreme Court justice, and uh, and that is true technically. Um, but when he's talking about the majority, I was thinking about it, and I was wondering, yeah, they run, they have that many people for a red Senate, but how many people in the red Senate um, are they representing? And I basically looked at all the different. Uh, states and I threw out anybody that was split. So any state that had a split that had a red and a blue, I threw that state out. That state didn't get added to the total population because I figured if it's a red and a blue, they'll probably split down the middle. And so that population is essentially halved. So why keep it? No reason. I added them all up in the different columns and the red states, even though they're more, they're more red states, they, they represent 14 million fewer people than the blue states. The blue states that are in the thing uh, that are that are the number of blue states that are that have two blue senators represent 14 million people more than states that have two red senators. And so that shows you like not just the House of Representatives, which is skewed again, specifically toward places that, you know, shouldn't have that don't have right. nearly the population that they should that get m more representatives. But this, it's even worse in the Senate. It's way worse. Oh, yeah, in the the Senate, Senate, it's absolutely off kilter. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. like Part of me is like, we should just abolish the fucking Senate. Yeah. The fuck do we need the it The Senate's for? the problem. Yeah. The Senate's the problem because it, it gives states laws and it doesn't give, right. it doesn't give uh, this, the, the country laws. So if you're like, okay, cool. Well, what the fuck are we doing here? Yep. I also want to attack too, uh, uh, and I, 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 did we t I don't know if we touched on it, but we definitely want to touch on it now. Um, someone had said, hey, you know, talking about uh, uh, Uber people and uh, people who work for those places, um, we, don't, we also didn't want to put across the idea that Tom or I was uh, were attacking people who work for no. companies that are that are gig companies. I, I don't I, I think you know you got you find work where you can find work period. I don't I would never I don't I would never shame your labor like do what you can. I'm just saying that that a lot of those companies don't care for you. And that's what I'm saying. Yep. I don't I don't want to I don't want to shame you as somebody who like that's not that's not my goal. I I want you to, you know, anybody who has a job out there, you get your job however you can. I get it. And especially in a gig economy, sometimes you got to take a gig job and I get it. But I'm not, and I would never, I would never think that you're doing a wrong thing by working for those companies, but those companies are not doing right by you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the, the point of the conversation was only to point out that um, you should not have to struggle so hard to make a fucking living. And like all work is like, meaningful work should be valued meaningfully. Got a message from Dean and Dean is a patron and he said, hey, I was a sub for over two years, but somehow patron, Patreon unsubbed me. So this is uh, your reminder, folks, if you're a patron or if you think you're a patron, maybe go check out Patreon and double check your patronage and see if they maybe unsubbed you. He said he thinks it's a bug. Maybe it just happened to him. But if, uh, if you are a patron and you might not be getting our content anymore or uh, if something happened, go maybe go double check. And if you aren't a patron, this is a perfect time to become a patron. So you can just <laughs> go there and you can make sure that you sign up correctly. It'd be perfect. So that is going to wrap it up for this week. We do want to tell you that next Wednesday, uh, the night of the debates, uh, this is the Pence-Harris uh, debate. Tom and I will be watching the debate 
And then after, we won't be watching the debate live, but just as soon as the debate ends, Tom and I will be doing a live stream on all of our streaming platforms. You come check us out Wednesday night. And uh, and we're not going to be doing a Thursday live stream next week, but we will be doing a post uh, a post debate election, uh, kind of a, a, a recap stream. So check it out. Uh, come see us on Wednesday night. It should be around 10 p.m. Just as soon as the debates end, turn your TV off, come check us out and come hang out. And if you miss the debates, Tom and I will probably have some notes and we'll tell you what happened. So you don't actually technically have, have to, to watch it. We'll save but, uh, that for you. Yeah, but I will say you probably want to watch this next one of the ones <laughs> debates of the ones you want to watch this one. It's gonna be good. Isn't that funny? Because normally the vice presidential debate would be something I'd skip. It, me too. Me too. But I'll tell you the and I you know I hated the Kane one. The 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 Tim oh Kane God, one. Was he was terrible. Painful. Oh, he's so painful. bad. So yeah, I, uh, uh, genuinely. But I feel like of all the people out there, Kamala Harris, she's pretty fucking money. So we're gonna check it out next week. Come come hang out with us Wednesday night. 10 p.m. Central. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We are going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.